Listener Production. Okay, so I have a handful of very old Australian copper one and two cent coins with me. And I also have a can of Coke. Righto. Now I'm going to pour this Coke into a glass. And then drop the coins into it as well. I'm Matthew Aegis, science journalist at Cosmos magazine. And the reason why I'm doing this little experiment is because, possibly like you, I was always told that cola is pretty good at cleaning old coins, at least ones made from copper. I'm going to dive into the urban legends around these popular fizzy drinks and we'll check back at the end of the episode to see how it went. Take a red can of Coke and on the side you'll find a list of ingredients, carbonated water, sugar, colour 150D, food acid 338, flavour and caffeine. Nine-tenths of your can of Coke consists of carbonated water. And that carbonation is what gives you the fizz. Sugar, it goes without saying, sweetens the deal. There's a lot of it in cola drinks. How much? Well, we'll come back to that. Colour 150D is what turns your beverage brown. It's made by heating sugar in a process called caramelisation in the presence of sulphite and ammonia. You'll find about 9.7 milligrams of caffeine per 100 mils as well. And if you recall our episode on caffeine, this is actually less than the amount of caffeine you'd get in a cup of instant coffee. Food acid 338 is phosphoric acid. Now, this is one of those wonder chemicals which has a range of applications from fertilizer to cleaning tiles to treating water to making propylene as a food antioxidant in making yeasts and gelatine. The small doses added to your cola is what gives it a tangy taste. All cola brands have these substances as the base of their products. Where they differ is what gives them their unique taste and flavour. And flavour can be a vexed issue. Pepsi, for instance, throws citric acid into the mix to give it a more citrusy flavour. Dr Pepper adds other sweeteners. LA Ice, which is an Australian brand, actually has the same recipe as Coca-Cola. The reason they taste different, though, is the combination of what is listed as natural flavours, something Coca-Cola calls its secret recipe, which is a flavouring combination it keeps under strict lock and key. That being said, in what was potentially the find of the century, an American public radio broadcaster in 2011 claimed he'd discovered a copy of the formula, naming alcohol and oils of orange, lemon, nutmeg, coriander, neroli and cinnamon as that magic combination. But taste and recipes for the world's most popular fizzy drink can also change region to region. In the 80s, the US swapped sugar for high fructose corn syrup, mainly because this sweetener was cheaper. It's the reason why in Mexico, where it's still made with sugar and served in glass bottles, Americans say Coke tastes different or even better. Despite lots of assumptions that the corn syrup itself is less healthy, University of California metabolic researchers conducted a controlled study serving participants three meals containing sucrose sugar or corn syrup 
equivalent to 25% of their daily energy needs or artificial sweetener for 16 days. They found that basically both sucrose and corn syrup are as good or as bad as each other. They have the same calorific content per gram and overconsumption of either sugar or corn syrup was found to contribute to insulin sensitivity and concentrations of circulating fats, lipoprotein and uric acid in blood samples. Probably one of the biggest questions that people have about cola drinks is the impact they have on your body. The fact is too much sugar is not good for you. The World Health Organization recommends limiting free or added sugars to no more than 10% of daily kilojoule intake. Australia's Food Standards Authority suggests this is the equivalent of 12 teaspoons of sugar, and New South Wales Health considers a level teaspoon to be the equivalent of 4 grams of sugar. So that means in Australia, a 375 milliliter can of Pepsi contains 40.9 grams of sugar, just over 10 teaspoons. A can of Coke has slightly less than 10 teaspoons. If that doesn't sound great, you're right. Sugar is basically high on energy and low on nutrition. It won't give you much health benefit. That fast energy is, of course, handy if you're about to, say, go running, but not so useful if you're sitting at your desk all day. And the cola brands do point this out on their websites. In response to the UK introducing a sugar tax five years ago, brands opted instead to shrink the package size to sell their products at the same price, while also upping the size of their sugar-free products. Those products use artificial sweeteners to replace carbohydrates with imitation sugars. These provide all the taste but none of the calories. However, that isn't necessarily a good thing either. In 2022, researchers from the University of Paris studied diets among 100,000 French adults and suggested these substances also hit the waistline and were implicated in increased heart disease risk. A study from researchers in Israel also pointed to artificial sweeteners interfering with the human microbiome and, in turn, influencing blood sugar levels. So unsurprisingly, the sweet stuff isn't great for you in such high quantities, whether it's real or a sugar substitute. Multiple pieces of research over decades have shown that excess sugar intake can lead to a range of health risks like obesity, heart disease, tooth decay, and fatty liver disease. Now, our little experiment should be ready soon, but there's probably a few others you've heard about which can tell us a little bit more about what some people might call American champagne. One famous one practiced by kids around the world is getting a Mentos, or Mentos to use the American pronunciation, into your bottle of Diet Coke and watching it erupt in a flurry of beige-coloured foam. You'd probably expect this to happen thanks to some special chemical within the Mentos shell, but not quite. Rather, it's because of the tiny cavities in that soft mint shell that are too small to be seen by the naked eye. These provide places where the dissolved carbon dioxide within the Coke can combine and return to a gas state in the form of tiny bubbles. This builds immense pressure inside the bottle almost immediately. As the heavy Mentos sinks to the bottom, all of this CO2 is essentially forming at the base of the bottle. This causes all the liquid above it to fizz up and burst upwards under gassy pressure. Aspartame, the artificial sweetener in Diet Coke, 
doubles as a good foaming agent by acting as a surfactant. Surfactants are chemicals which reduce surface tension between substances, and in this case, reducing the tension between the liquids and the gas allows bubbles to form more easily. Now, interestingly, in 2020, scientists writing in the American Journal of Chemical Education tested this experiment that we just performed at both low and high altitudes. They found that more foam was produced when the experiment was performed at levels of the low atmospheric pressures that occur above 10,000 feet from sea level, at least compared to higher atmospheric pressures at and below sea level. Okay, let's test how our little experiment from the beginning of this podcast went. I'm just going to take them out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's done a pretty good job of it, but it hasn't really completed it just yet. I'd say that there is a definite new luster for these coins. The reason that these copper coins now have their luster back is one of the ingredients within my can of Coke. The phosphoric acid in your cola reacts with the dull layer of copper oxide on the surface of the coin to make water and copper phosphate and reveal the much more appealing layer below. And if only copper coins were still in use in Australia today, you'd be perfectly placed to give them a shine. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out The Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh? Science Explained.